You're listening to the McPherson College Coaches Show on 96.7 FM KBBE or at midkansasonline.com. This is your chance to hear from the McPherson College coaches and student athletes each week during the sports year. The McPherson College Coaches Show is brought to you by JAR Performance Automotive, Alliance Agency, Next Tech Wireless, and Cheatham Construction. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Welcome into our McPherson College Coaches Show for January 16th, getting back into the swing of things, our second here of the new year in 2020. I'm Jim Joyner, and joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, we had a lot of fun here inside the Sports Center last night. A couple of fun games in the McPherson-County rivalry, McPherson and Bethany. The Bulldog women were not able to win, but the Bulldog men picked up a really nice win, and it felt like the Sports Center again was was alive and well last night. Yeah, there was some high tension there at the end, and the little jawing back and forth, a little trash talking, and that's what rivalries are all about. And uh, uh, the Mac men were just spectacular last night. They've won six in a row. They're fourteen and five, uh, I believe, and uh, nine and four in the conference. They're in third place now, uh, just a game back. Ottawa lost to Oklahoma Wesleyan last night, so OU and OW are at the top with uh, three losses. The Bulldogs at four. They still have to play those two teams again. Uh, this well, they've season. got to play everybody but Bethany That's again That's right, still. yeah. The second half of the season actually just started for the Bulldogs last night, but an incredible game for Delvon Hightower and Lowell Magott. Delvon Hightower, 27 points. Lowell, 21, along with 16 boards. And uh, Bethany has a tremendous team despite its record as the leading uh, scorer in the conference in Justin Jones and, and Isaiah Sines, a very flashy uh, player in the backcourt, does a lot of good things. But Bulldogs found a way. And it's a busy week for both MAC basketball teams because they're playing three games this week. They've already played two. They play three again next week. Really a gauntlet for these teams. Well, and the reason they had to play three this week is that they were supposed to have played at Ottawa last Saturday. Right. But as you can remember, there was a lot of winter weather that came in, especially in the Kansas City area. And so they postponed the game to Monday, turning this into a three-game week, followed by another three-game week. Everybody has two given three-game weeks during right. their KCAC schedule because they play 678 conference games. Don't get me started. <laughs> but Conference schedule, crazy, ridiculous. But it's a lot of games. It is. But, Steve, let's dive into our first interview with Bulldog men's basketball coach T.J. Askeldson. We're joined now on our McPherson College Coaches Show by McPherson College men's basketball coach T.J. Askeldson coming off of a really fun win for his team on Wednesday night, 91-77 to over the Bethany Swedes. Also, we can't forget a really good win for this program on Monday night, 91-88 to against Ottawa on Monday night. Two really nice wins for your team. You were scoring at a high rate, and maybe the best week that you've had of this season so far with these two wins and an, another game still to go this week. Yeah, I, I feel like our guys are, are continually improving, um, and, and they're just gaining confidence uh, as, as the season has gone on. And um, I'm just proud of their effort so far these two games this week. Um, excited for Saturday at Tabor, too. Um, I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm really, I'm really proud of the way the guys have have responded uh, uh, to a challenging week, having three games in one week, and then we have three games next week again. So um, it, it's been really, it's been really fun seeing their their just confidence grow and, and and their their effort, their effort's been there all year. And we we kind of talked about early in the year. I thought we were playing really, really hard. Um, and if we continue to do that as the year went on, I thought that good things would happen and, and, and knock on wood, that's, that's happening right now, and hopefully we can keep that up. What I really like about your team is you never know who it's going to be on a particular night, who's going to step up. Last night, 
Delvon Hightower. I think uh, he really was up for the challenge of going up against Justin Jones, arguably the best scoring guard in the KCAC. Justin Jones came into the game averaging almost 24 points a game, leading the conference in scoring. Uh, Delvon did a great job in the first half, held him to five points. But the thing was, I mean, Jones eventually got 22, Mm -hmm. but a lot of them came after the fact. But uh, Delvon Hightower scored 27 points last night and showed that he is capable of being a high-scoring guard himself. That's really not what he likes to do. But uh, he was feeling it last night. And I saw him play at a level that uh, I don't think I've seen him play at before. I think he was just really emotionally sky high for that uh, challenge last night. Yeah, Delvon, Delvon's got that in him to be to score. I mean, he 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 has the ability to score. That's just not kind of that's not who he is as a player. That's not his mindset going into every game to be a scorer. And I and honestly, yesterday going into that game, I don't think that was his mindset going into the game either. But uh, we we did as a coaching staff, we challenged Delvon to to step up and 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 guard Jones. Um, and I think that got him fired up. That, that got him uh, motivated to, to prove that he can play um, with somebody at that, at, at that level. And then on the offensive end, he just got it going. And early in the second half, you could see his, his confidence just grow. And, and uh, we ran a couple, a couple sets for him there when he got going. And it, it, he, he, he was unbelievable last night. I want to stay on the Bethany game last night. First half, really, uh, the Swedes – uh, controlled the majority of the first half, had a 45-43 lead at half. Actually, we're up about eight early on, and, and Jim and I were saying to ourselves, it's going to come down to which team finally starts to clamp down on the defensive end. Well, you give up 56% shooting in the first half. Second half, about 20% less than that. Bethany only scores 32. Yeah. It really is as great as it was to score 91 for the second time in three nights. Yeah. It started on the defensive end. No doubt. Um, and that's something. I, I thought that in the first half, we, we were playing hard on the defensive end, but we didn't real ha- really have good focus in terms of our, our game plan. Um, I thought we did a really good job on Justin Jones in the first half, but outside of that, we weren't, we, we just weren't defending as a unit um, and then in the second half I, I think that our, our our just focus was a lot better we, we started taking some things away that they were hurting us on um, and and it's it was it was good to see our guys our guys respond to that as well um, but that that's there's no doubt we won that game on the defensive end last night we, we, we had to get stops to Bethany's that they're they're a talented team I mean they're they're I I don't they're going to make a run I think the second half of conference but they they've got talent so I want to use the word mature going from last year to this year but not in a negative way saying that last year the team was not mature but they have gone through the maturing process especially your older guys going from juniors and some of them being junior college transfers and learning a new system coming in and at times they couldn't finish a game. Sometimes the game would become too much. Sometimes the last three minutes, you just couldn't overcome yourself a few times. Yeah. But this year, you've seen that maturing process go through, and I think that is where your team is starting to have the edge. There is a mental edge, and I thought that your team played with a lot of intensity last night, and when you got down into the final ten minutes, it felt like your team knew they were in control and they were going to win, and I think that comes back to the maturing process being yeah. seniors, being juniors, being veterans, and being experienced, and I thought your team had that last night. Yeah, I think I think that's just a, a, a part of the process in terms of the, the, these guys have been through conference battles. Last year, we were in a lot of close games, and, and, and it didn't go our way a lot of times. Um, and I think that now, 
instead of hoping to win at the end of the game, we're expecting to win at the end of games. We have guys who we talk to our guys all the time about who's going to make a play, who's going to go get that big rebound, who's going to make that big shot. And it doesn't have to be all on you, but we need guys to make plays at the end of games. Um, and I, I feel like that's really that this group is, is starting to do that. Guys are starting to step up, different guys every day. Um, and that's that's something that's, that's really exciting about this group. And with the junior college guys, I mean, I think that's kind of a – that that's kind of it, it seems to be with junior college guys they're always a lot better the second year they are than than the first year and they, they, they that's that's when they kind of take that next step um and you kind of see that with Cameron Jenkins right now with us i mean in the second half of the year he's been better than he was first half and hopefully he can take that next step next year again but that's that's kind of how it's been with junior college guys with us over the years and another junior college guy who has really uh been a model of consistency Luel Magat 21 and 16 last night. Every rebound seemed to be his. Uh, I think he had a big game on Monday. I want to say something like 19 and 11 on Monday. Yeah. yeah, he's just bringing it every night. He's just yeah, and he he's 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 figured out how to stay out of foul trouble. Um, and he and he's starting just, to be in good graces with the officials. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he still got a technical last night, but uh, he, he's such an emotional player, and it's it, it, and when he when he gets dunks in games he had three dunks last night that just feeds our group and feeds into our energy and um he he's a huge part of the reason we're having a good year right now well when we talked with delvon hightower and dorian page before the season every now and then you hear this from players and they said well you know we were picked 11th we were picked 12th and and we don't like that and sometimes you hear that from teams and and sometimes you go okay well what are you going to do about it well i think this team has taken that preseason 11th pick to heart. I think this team has been fed by that, and they're trying to prove everybody wrong and finish as the inverse of that right now because you're knocking on the door of first place. You had Ottawa lose last night, so now yeah. Ottawa and Oklahoma Wesleyan are tied at 10-3 and three in the league. You guys are 9-4, and four, and this yeah. is a team that is in second or third place in the conference right now. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, as a competitor, you, you never want to be picked 11th and towards the bottom of the league. And if you want to be a college athlete and you want to compete, I mean, that's, that's, that should be motivation for you. I mean, that's, that's, that's what people thought of our group. We had a lot of guys back from last year. And that's what the thought was of us going into the year. So um, I, I feel like we've got a lot of guys who, who are competitors, and, and it's exciting to see what they're doing right now. Big game coming up on Saturday. You go to Hillsboro. You beat the Blue Jays earlier this year. It's very perplexing what's going on at Tabor right now. Somehow they're 0-13. It was just two or three years ago they were making a t run in the national tournament. Things have just kind of come apart. Uh, they play people tough. They're kind of like you guys were last year in that they play everybody tough, but they just don't break through. I mean, you actually had a lot better record than what Tabor's got going right now, but you can't look past Tabor, especially in Hillsboro. No, going to Hillsboro, that's, it's never easy to win. I don't, I don't care how they're doing during the year. That's never an easy place to go win games. Um, and, and Coach Ratzliff does a really good job there, and I, and I know – I know that they're going to be ready to play, um, and they, they just they, like you said they've lost quite a few close games, and um, they've got good players. Tyler's in, I think, is one of the better players in the league again, um, and another guard that can really score it and really shoot it, and, and we we better 
be ready and be up for the challenge. Well, you don't have very many chances to get three wins in a week, but you do coming up here this Saturday. Coach yeah. Askelson, congrats on the first two. Yeah. Hopefully make it a perfect week on Saturday. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thanks, DJ. Yep. Continuing on our McPherson College Coaches Show tonight, we're now joined by Bulldog women's basketball coach Josh Nichols. A couple of losses for his team this week, losing at Ottawa on Monday night, and then on Wednesday night at home, falling to the Bethany Swedes 62-49. to And Coach Nichols, we were talking after the game last night and talking about this team being in this four-game skid and trying to find a way to get out of that. And I could tell there was a moment in, I think, about the middle of the second quarter yesterday. You took a timeout. I think your team had about nine points at that point, and it was just a moment of trying to find something to go your way. And from that point on, I thought your team played really well, but that's been the theme here of 2020 is trying to get out of this skid that you're in right now. Yeah, and it comes down to just not shooting the ball very well, um, you know, turning the ball over too much as well, and then, you know, some breakdowns defensively. But I think it all leads to the fact that we're not scoring like we have been. And, it, you know, when you're not scoring, sometimes you don't play as hard, unfortunately, on the on the defensive end. Um, so, that, you know, that's, that's we got to figure that out. It was kind of a game of spurts. You were down 23-9. to nine. You got it back to five by half, and I thought – uh, you know, you were right there. You had a one-possession game in the second half, then Bethany spurted. Then you made another little run that cut into it, and then the uh, fourth quarter, Bethany finished pretty strong. But uh, like you said, you know you know what you're going to get with Brittany Roberts. She's been a double-double machine, 18-14 and 14 last night. Uh, Mason Mosley was that really good scorer before Christmas is a nice compliment. Uh, she had eight in the first half, then didn't score in the second half. Uh, but you got to get some other girls, it seems like, involved, uh, get some players in double digits. Uh, who are you kind of looking at maybe that uh, could get back to that uh, double-digit scoring? Well, you know, you're, you're, the hope is Mason can kind of take the lid off of it. And then, um, you know, you look at someone like Brittany Jarvis who shoots the ball well. She just, you know, uh, had, had a little concussion against Beth, Bethel and come back and has kind of been slow to kind of get back into the rhythm of things. You know, somebody I've, I've I've thought has had the potential all year long, just haven't. You know, maybe she hasn't had enough minutes. Or someone like Kirchner Branscombe. Um, you know, so there's some players out there that can that can do it for us. We just we just got to figure out how to get them in those positions to do that. And really, you look at your team defense, 62 points. Uh, that's generally you hold mm -hmm. a team to 62. You feel like you should win the game. Yeah. And remember, Bethany is one game out of the conference lead. Uh, very talented team. The Wortham girl played this time, didn't play the first yeah. time. I think she missed one shot all night. Uh, the Carver girl, who did nothing really the first time, had 15 rebounds uh, last night. You did a great job on Ferguson, mm -hmm. held her in check. and uh, But, you know, uh, Welsh hurt you for 18. Very good player there. Mm -hmm. But Bethany, a very talented team. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, when, you, when you look at a roster and you're just trying to figure out what, what, what teams have, you know, Coach Ferguson has everything you need. He has size, athleticism, shooters, you know, ball handlers. Uh, so they're they're going to be they're going to be tough, tough down the stretch. Them and K Dub are, you know, in my opinion, are going to end up fighting it out between the two of them. Well, one thing that we talk about with Bullpup Girls coach Chris Strathman, his team likes to take a lot of threes, and offensively, they don't have very many shots that they don't like. They are fine with taking a lot of shots, and as long as it's a shot that they think they can make, it's a good shot. I feel like your team is taking a lot of good shots right now, and some people might see, okay, you went three out of 21 from three. Ooh, must have been some bad shots. I don't see a lot of bad shots with this team, even shots that are not threes getting to the basket. Yeah. It's just not falling. I think that's the answer here is that you can't take better shots or you can't do this differently. They just need to go in. Yeah, and that, that's, you know, we talk about, 
put them in positions. I think we are putting them in positions to, to score. It's just, the, like you said, the shots aren't falling. And then it, it kind of comes contagious. You're a little bit maybe tighter so that, you know, your, your mechanics aren't quite there because you're, you're, you know, tensed up and this one's got to go in. Coach is going to yell at me if it doesn't. And, you know, and so you're, you're, elbow flares out or, you know, whatever happens, your fall through is not there. So, you know, in practice, we're, we're shooting the ball well in practice. You know, th that's a good sign. It's not like it's, I haven't seen us shoot the ball well in 2020. We just haven't done it in a game uh, when it really counts. You play, you're playing three games this week. You've already played two. You go mm -hmm. to Tabor on Saturday. You play three games next week. How does that alter your practice schedule? Because uh, basically, you know, you almost need a day to recover after a tough game. But uh, there's very little recovery time this week or next week. Yeah, um, the three games this week has really thrown a monkey wrench. I mean, we don't have time to get better. There's there's no there's no things we can do really in practice without really just gassing our our team um, in our practice time. It's all game prep right now. We're we're, we're going over scan report, going over defensive coverages, uh, how we're going to attack the other team's offense. You know, so it's kind of up to them to get in the gym themselves and get the shots up. Um, you know. That's unfortunate because, yeah, you can't play um, six games in 13 days and not feel it. Um, you know, we're, we're, I'm hoping at the end of this, this stretch that we come out fully healthy because, you know, you, you put that much on these, you know, 18 to 22-year-old kids who still have to go to class, um, who a lot of them work, and that, that's just way too much. And, and, and it's unfair to ask them to do that. They are student athletes, mm -hmm. and people have to remember that. Coming up on Saturday, you go over to Hillsboro. You play a Tabor team that was picked to win the conference. Uh, they're in the upper division. They're not playing quite as well as people thought, but it's a team you beat at the sports center the first time. And one thing I have noticed, their turnovers in a lot of games are very high. So that really kind of plays into your style of play. Yeah, the hope is, you know, if we can get some turnovers and get some run outs and maybe get some easy transition baskets, that might, you know, blow the lid off of it too for us. We see the ball going in enough. Um, you know, uh, I, I do fully expect to be a massive slugfest. I mean, they won 42-38 last night. Um, <laughs> it may be a race to 40. Yeah. And, you know, we won here 51-49 in overtime. So, uh, scoring is going to be at a premium. I, I'm not. I'm not sure that Saturday is going to be the day that we really, uh, you know, get get into 70s. And yeah. I, I'm hoping we do. But and it's I think a it's and, and it's a Tabor fast. team that doesn't have like a Morgan Ediger or Taylor Denniston that's going to go potentially for 30 like they did last year. They're a very balanced team. Uh, the last time I saw their stats, I think they had one player maybe uh, over nine points a game. Uh, and they rely on their defense. They're not an offensive yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to have to be sharp offensively and, and make them work a little bit more uh, defensively than we make have made teams work. Um, you know, swinging the ball side to side and, and get them moving a little bit, and hopefully get the floor spread out so Brittany can go to work in there one on one. I mean, unfortunately for her, she's going to see a lot of doubles and triples even until some other kids knock down some shots. Well, Coach Nichols, stay warm. We'll see you on Saturday Thank over you. in Hillsboro. Oh, uh, Jim, Jim, tried to blame everything on you. Really? Yeah, he said you you were bad luck. I am bad luck. <laughs> no, no, not a, not even. Even though close. I have a horseshoe in my pocket, I thought it was a rabbit's foot. Oh, okay, probably. <laughs> Thank you. We're wrapping up our McPherson College Coaches Show here tonight. We've heard from both basketball coaches, and we'll wrap things up here tonight with McPherson Cheer Coach Ashley Annis as you're getting ready for the competitive cheer season. And I wanted to learn a little bit about this competitive cheer season. And as I went through the schedule, 
I realized that this is almost every single weekend for the next two months, <laughs> and I figured that maybe there would be five or six events, and instead it's no, like ten events over here the next couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, we um, we start off next Friday, and we have a triangular and a duel all in one day. So um, we're we have a lot of competitions this season. Well, as I want to learn a little bit more about the competitive cheer season, and I know a decent amount, but trying to explain it for some people that, that maybe don't know as much, walk me through the preparation for putting together a competitive cheer routine because there, I know there are a lot of regulations mm -hmm. and things you have to do. You have to have this many of X, Y, and Z. Right. Walk me through a little bit of what all goes into putting together a competitive cheer routine. Yeah, so we there are requirements. So we always have you know standing, tumbling, running, tumbling, and then – they give you the basics. You have to have a pyramid. You have to have um, stunts that go on. But really, I mean, you have to be able to look at your team and go, what are our strengths? What can we hit solid? You don't want to just throw something. Like, you're not going to look at University of Kentucky and go, well, let's try and throw that, right? You have to be realistic. And so um, part of that is just measuring where is our team at? What can we hit um, solid and, and make it look easy? Um, and so we've been piecing that together. Some things you have to go back to the drawing board and, and rework, but – um, that's basically what we've been doing for the last, you know, two, two, three months. So, well, uh, and you kind of answered my question. I was going to ask just a little bit. You know, TJ talks about how his team has gotten better in cheer and 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 dance competition. Do you see like your team getting better, or how how can you judge your team getting better? Yeah. So, I mean, if you think about these kids came in all together, um, you know, the beginning of the season, but they'd never really worked together. When you switch up stunt groups, they've never worked together. So it's you do see that progress throughout the season of um, a team that or a stunt group that can't even throw prep, which is our basic stunt, to, um, you know, now we're going to be tossing girls from the bottom to the top of a pyramid. Um, and so they do progress in that. And what we do is, you know, this first competition, we may have some of our skills at the minimal level. Um, and then what we would say, you know, if you're looking at a basketball player, they're improving their skills. We have upgrades, right? So... Throughout the season, as we go to our next competition, we may upgrade a certain skill. Um, and that's just to try and get more points in that area. Because um, there is a ceiling for, for the points. But, you know, if we can make a, a few little changes instead of reinventing the wheel, um, then that, that gets us more points. How many participants do you have on your team that compete in these competitions? So um, we have on the mat this first competition, we'll have 16 um, and so our, our squad as a whole right now is 20. So we'll have 16 on the mat and four alternates. One thing that I think has impressed me as I've gone through and looked around the KCAC and other levels of the NAI is that I've seen a really big evolution in competitive cheer at the NAI level in the last five, six years was where almost everybody has a team. You were having all these competitions. And I think that if you go 10 years ago at the Division One level, well, it was still pretty good, but at the NAI level, I think it has taken a lot of big steps since then. And Division One cheer, I know they've had their big event mm -hmm. on ESPN for a long time, mm -hmm. but it feels like the NAI is starting to make those steps to be very close. Absolutely, and that's one of the things. I, I get that question a lot, right? Um, because we could easily go to a UCA competition, which is the big one for um, those Division One schools. They're actually, it's this weekend. Um, but they go and it's one competition. And that would be, to me, that would be easy. Right. You go and it's over for us. Having nine competitions in our regular season plus regionals is difficult. It's not easy, but it's part of building the sport. 
And that's what I try and tell the kids. You are a part of a groundbreaking thing that's happening right now and fighting to have our sport um, be in the same format as every other sport, to have these competitions like you would the basketball team, you know, once or twice a week. Um, and so they're a part of really making that history and, and forging that um, for cheerleaders for years to come. And I would think one thing uh, for you guys, you know, you talk about injuries in football, injuries in basketball. The, with the stuff you guys do, yeah. you've got to really be very careful with preventative measures uh, to prevent injuries. We do. Concussions have been huge. Um, I know a lot of people are probably have been watching Cheer on Netflix, right? And Steve has not, yeah. but, I, <laughs> but I have. I don't know what yeah. Netflix is. So. <laughs> well, in you watch in one episode, they had three concussions at one practice, and that's not uncommon, unfortunately. We do everything we can to prevent that, but it is the most common injury in Cheer. And so it's really about teaching technique and making sure that everybody is doing what they're supposed to be doing because in a split second – um, it, there can be a catastrophic injury. Right. So. I could be telling this to Steve, but he doesn't have Netflix, <laughs> so I'll, I'll be telling this to more of the general public. Right. There is a 30 for – or not a 30 for 30, but a little documentary series similar to Last Chance You, Steve. Mm -hmm. You have watched that. I have seen Last it's Chance the, yeah, same It's the same yeah. people that made that talking about competitive cheer mm -hmm. and falling around, I think, at junior college, yeah, maybe in, in Texas, yep. and following them around in their program. And for anybody that still has Netflix and, and would have an interest, it is very compelling, very similar to the Last Chance You. The other thing I really like about your program and, and the approach that you take is that there is still the emphasis on game day cheer. Absolutely. And I think that it is a very important thing. The competitive cheer, and, and that I think is a great aspect of it, but I think it really helps build the school spirit. I know it's the spirit squad right. and, and you have pom-poms, but yeah. I think it really does help with a game day experience and recruits coming on campus. Mm -hmm. I think that really adds a lot. Yeah, I, it's really important to me. I, I'll tell you that, um, you know, I can't speak for every coach, but but keeping that element is very, very important to me. That is um, how I grew up in cheerleading, and I think we still have a huge role, and I think we can do both. I would never want to limit us to being just a phenomenal game day or just a phenomenal competitive team. Um, I think it says a lot that we can do both, and why not challenge ourselves to do that and still support um, the other teams on campus? Well, the first match coming up, it'll be down at Friends on January 24th, and I think a day full of matches, but you guys <laughs> will be going at it here in the month of January as well as the month of February. Maybe we'll get Steve to watch Cheer yeah. <laughs> at some point. We will wrap up our McPherson College Coaches Show for tonight. Steve Sell, three very compelling interviews. Coach Eskelson was on his game. Coach Nichols on his game. Coach Annis is trying to convince you to watch the new Cheer docuseries <laughs> on Netflix, but it was a good show today, I think. I yeah. think you did a great job. Well, it really was a good show today, and uh, Coach Eskelson, he's, he's feeling good about his team. Coach Nichols knows if his team can just start making some baskets, they'll get this thing turned around. And uh, Ashley's group, uh, really exciting. They got, you know, they got a lot of kids on that uh, cheer team, so it's good to see that sport becoming more and more popular. I would like to see Steve be a flyer for the McPherson College competitive cheer team. They could put you up and put you into the cradle and fling you I, up into the air and I catch would, you. I would pull a hammy. There's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> I have bad hammies. And brittle bones. Brittle bones. All right, Steve, the Bulldog basketball teams will be competing on Saturday. They will be on the road at Tabor. And then back at home next Monday to take on friends. We'll be doing those games at MacBulldogs.com. But we are into the gauntlet. It is a busy time of year. And I think for anybody that needs to know something about McPherson College Athletics, 
midkansasonline.com is the place to go. Yeah, we uh, cover everything and uh, uh, really enjoy covering the games and working with these quality student-athletes and coaches. We'll wrap up our McPherson College Coaches Show. For Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening and watching here on 96.7 FM KBBE. The McPherson College Coaches Show is brought to you by JAR Performance Automotive, Alliance Agency, Next Tech Wireless, and Cheatham Construction. Thanks for listening to the McPherson College Coaches Show. You can listen to the show at our podcast page at soundcloud.com slash Sports or watch the video of all the interviews at macbulldogs.com.